We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Don't you just love a good fairy tale? I know I do. And after listening to them as a young girl, I was very clear that I was most certainly going to be rescued by a rich and powerful prince and live happily ever after. And 20 years later, I was right on track to manifest that dream. I was engaged to a very wealthy, very well-known man, and I felt confident I would be taken care of forever, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially. And I have to admit, things were good for a while. It was a lot of fun walking down the red carpet and being in the private jets, and I had my own personal shopper. But you know, the dream went sideways and then spiraled down into a nightmare. My prince kicked me to the curb, picked up another princess, and continued to ride off into the sunset without me. I was devastated, confused, and to make matters worse, now utterly broke. What is an abandoned princess to do? It took time, effort, and a lot of hard work to get back on my feet and learn how to take care of myself again. And a very big part was that financial aspect. If I could do this all over, I would not have been so quick to give up my career and hand over the power and control over my life and my finances. A tough life lesson indeed. And here to share more about this not-so-unusual, timeless tale is my guest, author, and financial expert, Kathleen Grace. Kathy wrote a financial planning novel. Hey, Kathy, I'm so excited to have you. I know you wrote this fun book called Prince Not So Charming, and it took me, and I know it takes the readers on a riveting journey with Cinderella, and uh, she experiences romance, emotional upheaval, near financial death, all of which led her to find inner strength despite the unsurmountable setbacks. So I'm so happy to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And honestly, I think that unfortunately your story and this is the story of so many other women out there today. It's not as unusual as one might think. And I don't know if it's because we listen to fairy tales or um, it's just an inherent part of being a girl in the princess archetype. I'm not really sure. Um, and I'd like your perspective about that. But before we go into that, I'd like to talk a little bit more about your credentials because you're not just an author you're you're pretty your your resume is extremely impressive do you want me to tell uh, our listeners about it or do you want to give us a little background sure uh, I can give you a little uh, brief synopsis I've been in the financial planning world for almost 25 years and I'm a certified financial planner a certified investment management analyst and have experienced many um, situations where friends, family members, clients have all come to the realization that I need to protect myself financially. Nobody else is going to do it for me. And Mm -hmm. I need to take charge of my financial life because my Prince Charming could also die. He could become disabled. Anything can happen, not only just in my book, for example, he becomes a jerk. But uh, I think all too often we leave ourselves vulnerable to other scenarios that can impact our financial lives. 
You are so right. Yeah. It's not just my story. It's, it's, it's extremely common. So is that part of what inspired you to write this book? I think so. I became frustrated with the world the way it is today, where people just assume that Prince Charming is going to swoop in and save them. And, you know, the reality sets in. They give up their careers, raise their children. uh, And one day, their prince wakes up and finds, not so dissimilar to your case, a new princess who typically is 20 to 30 years younger. Mm -hmm. And you're you're forced at that point to figure out how am I going to live my life? How am I going to take care of myself financially, especially in the wake of perhaps not being involved in the finances to begin knowing what you have as a couple, what your rights are as, as a couple that entered into marriage together. And I've had clients sit in front of me in tears that, They didn't even know what was on their tax return that they signed. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, you know, unfortunately, I believe sometimes the fairy tales set us up mentally for, you know, a world that is definitely not like a fairy tale. Mm hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's true. You know, I found that uh, for myself, instead of looking for the prince outside of me, I did, needed to find that masculine aspect inside of me. You know, I was my own hero. And once that happened, then I, I definitely attracted a um, healthier um, masculine counterpart in my life. And I, I have to say, as I was reading your book, I underlined this quote. I love it so much. And I think it's so powerful. Clearly, she understood herself. The more clearly she understood everyone else. I love that so much. I think you are so right on with that quote. Well, I think it's so easy for anyone, male or female. And I want to reiterate, this book is not, everybody asks me, oh, I've been a man bashing book. It is definitely not that. It is a beautiful romance that goes bad, but it can go either way. It doesn't have to be a princess necessarily or a prince. It can be anyone in any relationship. And I think it's important exactly um, the perfect quote that you mentioned is I need to have power and control over my own world first. I have to enter any relationship from a position of strength, not need. And I think Mm -hmm. that we overlook this um, in a, a lot of relationships that we have. And I think the most important thing, and I've been there myself, I think the most important thing is that no one can save you. And I think mm-hmm. that regardless of whether it's financially or emotionally, it's both. We we need to go into a relationship as a perfectly whole and healthy individual so that we mm-hmm. can identify the unhealthy uh, things that attract us to people that are probably not right for us. And it leads us into talking about values and beliefs about mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. one, of, one of the leading causes of divorce, quite frankly, is financial discord. 
Yes. And I think you that so we right. don't address this before we get into relationships, right? I mean, I, I right. think that if we were to go in with our eyes wide open and literally full disclosure, which I was on a show and somebody said to me, well, geez, that's so unromantic. And it I is, said, but it's, it's, it's practical. It's important. So, yes. What did right? you say? I mean, uh-huh. I said, well, I think it's more uh, ro- I excuse me, less romantic to find out that your potential spouse has hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt that, by the way, in certain states would become yours. Mm-hmm. So I think that not going in with your eyes open, my, my, my father had a really great saying, and he's deceased now, but he used to say, when you close your eyes, you open your wallet. Meaning mm. when you put your head in the sand, bad things can happen financially. Right. right. Well, and I do think what you're speaking of is really about taking responsibility and being clear about a solid foundation before you start building your dream house on it. Do you want to build a castle on sand? Or do you want to make sure it's on a rock-solid foundation? And so maybe those nuts and bolts in that conversation doesn't sound romantic. But if you want the romance to last you need to make sure you're building it on something stable. Great analogy. I couldn't agree more. And as unromantic as it sounds to share credit reports and tax returns and things like that, I, I flip it around and say, well, if this is the person that you're spending the rest of your life with, it's probably a good idea that you know everything about them, right? Yeah, we need to look behind the curtain a little bit before we make that lifetime commitment. I think that's true. So um, I'm very interested, Kathy, why you chose to uh, uh, articulate your story in a fairy tale parable rather than like a self-help thing or um, another format. It's an interesting choice to do a fairy tale for financial advice. I loved it, but I'm just wondering your thought process. Yeah, I, you know, it's never been done according to uh, Mm -hmm. several of the publishers, um, big houses that I spoke to, and they thought it was unique and interesting. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I think from my perspective, I thought about what I like and what other women would like as well. And I'm a full-time working single mom, and I thought to myself, geez, I'm tired at the end of the day, and I do this for a living. And the last thing I would want to do is read a finance book before I go to bed. (laughs) So I thought about, right? So I thought about, well, how can I do it in a way that, and by the way, people learn better through stories that they could relate to. So I thought, well, how do I build on a story that everybody loves and can relate to, and especially women are attracted to. And as I was reading my daughter, the Cinderella story one night before bed, I closed the book and it came to me and I said, no one ever tells you what happens the day after the wedding. (laughs) What happens to Cinderella. (laughs) Yes. Very good point. <laughs> so, and they lived happily ever after. And I'm like, well, how? When? Where? Why? Give me details. You know, and <laughs> exactly. And I thought, well, you know what? That's the story that I'm going to tell. And in in the midst of it, I thought, well, I have to have a fairy godmother. And I thought, well, of course, 
The fairy godmother is your financial planner. So, you know, I I kind of put the two together and made it fun and interesting and thought, well, more women would enjoy reading a story that kind of pulls you in that you could easily relate to, but also mm-hmm. has a lot of financial missteps that we all do and that most people could relate to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I loved it. It was really, it was fun to read. It kind of carries you. It's a story and it's something that is fun to read when, uh, you know, before you go to bed, maybe after you take your bubble bath, it's, it's enjoyable. So I appreciated how you did this. It was very creative and, and a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. So, um, here's a couple of questions that I think are really important. Um, what do you believe as uh, should be a woman's first step to becoming financially independent, because I think we all want that. But how? What's a practical step, or some practical steps you can um, advise us with? I think having a handle on what's going out versus what's coming in oh, is really yes, important. The so the mm-hmm. fir- first step is I I hate to use that word because it's like a bad word, <laughs> you know, yeah. for many people, it, it makes them feel like diet. It's kind of like the diet yes. word. And yes. I, and I yes. think to myself, I, I think there's a better way of saying it. It's how do I make sure that I pay myself first so that there's enough left over to meet the rest of my needed obligations. So you have mm-hmm. wants and needs in your life, right? Right. And the first person you should take care of is yourself and your financial future. So that is called our savings. So when we look at that salary that we have, net of taxes that we owed, income taxes, we look at it and say, okay, what percentage of that do I want to pay myself every year so that I can sock that away and have enough. So I think that that globally is the first step to becoming financially independent is taking control over what's coming in, what's going out and paying yourself first. Mm, Yes. I really relate. It's funny. I wrote a book called manifesting prosperity from the inside out. My husband, who's a left brain guy read it and he said, you need to write a chapter about fiscal responsibility. And I did the same thing. Oh, ugh, (laughs) a budget, (laughs) but you put it in a way that it makes it make more sense and definitely more palatable. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, but I think we can tie your book into this as well, because wouldn't you have greater peace of mind when, for example, you open your credit card bill and you're not having anxiety and stress? Over oh, my gosh. I remember my- those days. Yes. And so, um, yeah, it's not scary anymore. And a lot of it is because I've taken responsibility for my consciousness around money and prosperity. So, yes, you are right. It would work and it together. frees up your mind to mm-hmm. attract the positive things in life that you want to attract if your mind isn't already preoccupied uh, over stress and worry yeah, bog, about bills bog down with and money. Fear. Yes. Yeah. I think you're so right. It, it's such a relief not to be in fear around finances. It's a, a huge relief. So, Kathy, I'm really interested. Is, is there something that you see as a kind of a consistent issue or problem um, 
that most people, most women keep repeating? I I would say handing over control to oh, someone yes. else. And oh, it may not me. be your husband. It may not be your boyfriend. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's some other male figure in your life. Maybe it's your accountant. Maybe it's your financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always advocate, even if you have a financial advisor, you should still be involved in the discussions, in the decision-making, in the investment decision-making. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be a one-way street where someone's dictating to you how you should be managing your money. It should be a collaborative effort. And I think that burying, again, burying your head in the sand and saying, well, I I don't want to deal with that, or I don't like math, or I don't mm-hmm. like finances. I'll let somebody else. It, it exposes you, again, mm. to any number of bad things that can happen. Oh, gosh, I think what you're saying is so true. And again, it's like giving your power away uh, leaves you in a very vulnerable position. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that is so, so very true. So what is the best advice that you would give people that are maybe considering getting involved or considering getting married? What what do you think is the most important thing that you can say that they could listen to, that they could implement? I'm biased, of course. I work for a company (laughs) called United Capital, and we have this great tool um, called Money Mind, findyourmoneymind.com. And on the Money Mind, it's fun, but it's also a beautiful way to open discussions for couples around money. Mm. And there's three Money Minds, happiness, commitment, and fear. And many people fall into a combination of the two and sometimes three, um, all three money minds. But for example, I'm a fear and happiness money mind. So what that means is before you never want to live in my head with making a big financial decision. It's like a lot of stress <laughs> goes on up there. So in the happiness side, I'm like, Oh, I want that car. I definitely want a, you know, sports car. I want to have fun. I want a convertible cause I live in Florida and this is going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden my fear money mind creeps in and like, Oh my God, you can't afford that. You're going to go broke tomorrow. You've got to put more away for your savings. If you have money to buy this car, you have money to put more in savings. You know, you can't. So this internal dialogue that goes on with us Mm -hmm. creates what we call biases around money decisions. They affect Mm -hmm. every decision we make in our finances. And I think the number one thing that we don't do before we enter into a relationship is understand the other person's way and biases in relation to money matters. So, for example, if I'm getting into a relationship, if I'm 100% happiness money mind, I probably should be thinking twice or having a a very strong conversation uh, to before I enter a relationship with my spouse who is also Mm -hmm. um, or future spouse who's also a happiness money mind, right? Mm -hmm. You get two spend, you get two spenders together. It could, you know, translate into some trouble. Yes. 
So, so I think that that's one tool that I would highly recommend. And of course, we talked about it earlier, but definitely comparing um, financial statements. Again, I know it sounds funny, but I think it's important to go in with your eyes wide open on both sides. Yes, I think that that's so so true. Um, and, and that's something that I really came to understand myself. And I talk about this in my book. It's like our relationship with money is an actual relationship. And everybody's Absolutely. is a little different. It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept when you think about it. What is your relationship with money? So, um, yeah, it's like, do you have a responsible one? Do you respect it? Do you love it? You know, or, or are you scared of it? You know, like I think a lot of people are, do have fear around money. And, um, and I know I have, and it's definitely, it's definitely kept me in a more respectful relationship with it, which I'm grateful for. But I was just telling my husband this last night, I feel like I'm finally relaxing around this whole relationship with money thing. It's like, I trust it. It's there for me and I'm responsible with it. And I've, it's taken a long time. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's sure. easy or natural or innate for most people. Is that your perspective as well? Absolutely. And I think you touched on a really important topic about emotions surrounding money. And mm-hmm. money means a lot of things to um, a lot of people. It's it's not all the same. It's power. It's love. It's happiness. It's uh, security. Freedom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so I think that having an appreciation and understanding, especially for yourself, how you deal and understand money issues, your your own um, relationship with money, so to speak, as you succinctly mm-hmm. put it, I think that you can better than have the conversation with a uh, spouse or significant other saying, okay, this is my relationship with money. And these are some things that I've done to short circuit my negative biases towards money and try to spin those around. Let me give you an example. Okay. I have, mm-hmm. I have my own biases with money. So I fool myself. I play games and I may f- create a forced savings with certain things. You know, I max out my 401k because if I don't see it, I can't spend it. Right. And it's free money when my company matches a certain portion of it. So, Mm. boom, those those are ways I can kind of get out of my own way and not Mm -hmm. put the money in my hands. I like a a nice home. So for me, investing, I wouldn't say this is for everybody, but investing in my home forces me because I pay a big chunk of principal every month towards my mortgage, Mm -hmm. that helps me and forces me to save more than I would have if it was literally in my bank account. So you have to do different things based Mm -hmm. upon your own individual relationship with money to kind of short circuit any of the bad behaviors. Right. To kind of maintain the boundaries around it. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, I am so excited that I'm going to get you on another show next week because I think there's so much more to talk about. And I think this is so interesting and so important. Meantime, we just have a minute or two here. How can people get a hold of your book or find out more about you? Because what I'm seeing you as being is something really important. You're like a money counselor. You're like a money therapist. 
That's kind of important. <laughs> I, I love that title. I've never been called that, but now I, I like it and I'm going to coin it. Um, you can find me at princenotsocharming.com and there is a link to my business website from there. So you can find me. That way it's easier. If you remember one thing, you remember the name of the book.com. Uh, you can always find me and you can find where to buy the book there too. I love it. So yes, I'm, I'm super excited to be able to continue the conversation with you because I feel like, again, this is such an important component as um, spiritual beings having a human experience. It is part and parcel and it's, you know, there's rarely a day we're not dealing with, with money in some form or fashion. So to be able to really take responsibility for that relationship is so, so vital if we want to be happy healthy and whole. So I'm really grateful that you've been on the show. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and expertise. And again, so honored that you said yes to a show again with me next week. And to my listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. I know that you got value out of this too. Uh, Listen to Kathy's show next week with me. And in the meantime, be in touch with me, Um, Tammy B. PhD. I have a free guided meditation for you if you want to start clearing blocks to the life of your dreams of love and prosperity. And I want to hear how you're doing. To me, this show is all about relationships, relatedness, connection. So be in touch with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my website. I would love to hear from you. So God bless you. Take care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now. Bye.